Today's episode is brought to you by Create Engage, the specialist digital marketing agency for the disruptive management consultancy. Now, for long-time listeners, you will probably already know who we are. You may have even heard one of our ads on a previous episode of this podcast. But for those of you who don't, here is a short introduction. At Create Engage, we help you create an effective marketing strategy for your consultancy, a strategy that will resonate with your target clients. And then we support you by delivering the campaigns you need to turn that strategy into a reality helping you to build your brand, raise your profile with your prospective clients, and ultimately generate return on investment from your marketing activity. Now, I could tell you about many of the great clients that we work with and the results we've delivered for them. But instead, I'm going to do something much more powerful and something that I would recommend you do for your own marketing. I'm going to let our clients do the talking for us. If you are currently thinking about marketing for your consultancy, you're going to want to listen to this. Create Engage started the process for us. They managed it end to end. They came up with some really creative ideas and we were really happy with the work that they did, which meant that we could just focus on running the business. Not only did we start conversations with clients that we hadn't spoken to before, but also there was tangible return on investment by some work that we were given. They've helped right from the initial shaping of the idea through to helping us work out what our end goal was. They've supported us with the visual identity and our positioning of the brand. We've had an immediate expansion of our network and and have initiated a raft of new conversations with owners, CEOs in in target client organisations and has led to us winning new projects already. One of the greatest compliments, I guess, is that one of our competitors even said that uh, they really like what we're doing with marketing. They wish they could be doing something as good. So from our perspective, we couldn't recommend Create Engage any more than this. I would certainly recommend Create Engage if you're a consulting firm. They really understand consultancies and the sort of challenges we face. And, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to get much better marketing anywhere else. So I wouldn't hesitate to recommend Create Engage. They did a really good job for us. So if you're looking for an agency that can help you achieve the results that our clients just described, then head to our website createengage.co.uk where you can find out more about how we support consulting firms like you. You can download our latest ebook and you can get in touch to talk about how we can help you take your consultancy to the next level through digital marketing. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Climbing Consulting for 2023. Happy New Year. I hope you had a lovely Christmas break. I hope you were able to get a break. It seems like most people I know this year actually did get a rest, so I hope you did too. And I hope that this year has started well for you and it is getting even better with today's first episode of Climate Consulting for the year. And what have we got in store? Well, you will have seen the title, you probably read the blurb, so it won't be a complete surprise, but I will tell you a little bit about it before we dive in. As you know, at Create Engage, we like to share as much as we can to help you and your consultancy get the most out of your marketing. We talk a lot about careers in the podcast, but as an agency, it's very much focused on your marketing and how you can grow your reach, people's awareness of you, grow your leads, and ultimately deliver return on investment. And so with that in mind, today's episode is a little different. Instead of the usual conversation with an industry-leading guest, in this one, you're going to hear from me as I tell you everything you need to set your 2023 marketing strategy up for success. 
It is a question that we're getting a lot at the moment as an agency. I suspect you are asking it in your consultancy or if you're running your own boutique, thinking about what it means for your firm. And today's episode will give you the answers to that. It is taken from a webinar that I ran to over 90 consulting firms at the tail end of last year, all who wanted to learn how they could improve their marketing. In it, I take you through our tried and tested digital marketing framework. This is the exact framework we are using with clients day in, day out, and it is what is helping them to create those effective marketing strategies that generate return on investment. As a taster of what you are about to hear, in this one, I explain some of the critical components you need to create an effective marketing strategy. I talk about the importance of niche and why you really need to think about this to ensure that your consultancy stands out and truly is unique in the market. I share why talking about and targeting CXOs is actually killing your return on investment and the importance of understanding the people who you want to attract and the people who buy from you. And finally, I share how you can generate and amplify high quality content, what you need to be thinking about, and the importance and power of the digital marketing channels, the ones that your competitors are using right now. So whether you are just starting out creating your 2023 marketing strategy, maybe it's the first strategy or marketing approach you've ever put in place for your firm, or maybe you're at the other end of the spectrum, you've actually been doing marketing for quite a while and you're just looking to improve what you do. Well, this episode is going to give you a ton of actionable insights to ensure that your marketing delivers the results, the return on investments, delivers on your goals, delivers what you want for 2023. So with all of that said, with the intro done, all that's left to say is please enjoy today's episode taken from my webinar on how to develop your 2023 marketing strategy. I hope you enjoy it. Hi there. Thank you for joining us today. Firstly, really appreciate you making the time. I know how busy you are and how busy all of our clients are. And so for you to give an hour of your time to be here with me today to talk all about marketing, I really appreciate it. And the goal of this session is to give back to you. I want to give you as much as I can in terms of direction, support, and the framework we use to help you create an effective marketing strategy for your consultancy for 2023. Just a quick bit of housekeeping. So we've got the hour. I will run tight to time. I'll try and finish a bit early. It'll depend a lot on questions. So if you have any questions, please put them in the Q&A section. I will receive those. I'll hold all of those till the end just so we can get through everything. I know a number of people aren't able to stay for the whole session. So want to make sure we can cover as much ground as possible. But it's worth saying we are recording this session and we'll share it off the back of today. So if you aren't able to join or a colleague hasn't been able to join, you will be able to watch this back. So let's jump in to today. What are we going to be covering? Well, as I've just alluded to, we are going to be talking all about how to create your 2023 marketing strategy. To start with, though, because I appreciate not everyone is going to be familiar with Create Engage, we'll start with a, a little rundown on who we are, who I am, why, why are we holding this session? We're then going to look at what is today's world about? What has changed? Because we all know it. We've been through COVID. We're out the other side of COVID, thankfully, and, and touch wood. But what does that mean for your marketing strategy? We'll then dive into, and this is what we're going to spend a lot of today on. We're going to dive into our digital marketing framework. This is the tool that you are going to take away, and we've got free on our website, that you can use 
to create that strategy that we're going to talk about. It's something that we regularly sell to clients for thousands of pounds. And today we're giving it away to you for free. So please take notes. As I say, we'll share the framework itself after the session, but you'll have that there. And once we've explained the framework, we're going to look a little bit at some of the tools, the tactics, the campaigns that you can start to think of running. It's worth saying we will be running another webinar next month all about what is great content? How does it work? What is going wrong with campaigns you may be running if you're not experiencing the results you want? So we're not going to spend a ton of time there. But just so you know, that's something we're going to cover. And then lastly, we'll go on to questions. So let's start with this question. Who are we? Who is Create Engage? So we are a specialist digital marketing agency exclusively focused on the consulting industry. I'd go as far to say we are the only people who are focused on that niche. And we're going to come back to niche later on in today's session about why that's important. Now, we've got a whole host of people on this webinar, and it's worth saying that for us, consulting is broader than just the typical management consultancy and does span wider professional services. So we work with clients in law. We've worked with clients in, in digital and creative. We've worked with clients in executive search. All of these to us are consulting because the approach, the type of clients, the way you need to market yourselves are the same. We are a team of expert marketers. This is what we do day in, day out. All of the team here come either from really senior in-house backgrounds or agency backgrounds, but we all have one thing in common, which is we're working day in, day out with consulting firms like yours. So those blind spots, those questions, those things you're unsure on in your strategy, these are the things we're tackling day in, day out. And also we're testing, we're learning, we're seeing what is working and bringing the best of those channels, those approaches to our clients. This also brings in our approach. And for us, it has to be focused on ROI. Marketing is all about generating conversations. Conversations have to generate growth, generate work, generate new clients, but also new recruits. And that's our focus. You know, I speak to a lot of people who say, well, Nick, I've been burnt by marketing. You know, does this really work? Does Do consulting firms need to market? Does it actually help us? And this is something that we really pride ourselves on. We want to use the channels that we know work, that are low cost, that are effective to help our clients achieve the results that they see. For instance, we've got a client webinar tomorrow. They've got just shy of 200 people signed up for that session. That's the power of some of these channels. There's zero cost beyond their time to set up. And they've got 200 people, 200 leads actually ready to come and watch that session. Likewise, we've got another client where they've got white paper downloads. That's leading to conversations. We've got other clients who've got podcasts that are opening doors for them. All of these are channels that weren't available to us five, 10 years ago, but are really effective today. And I've just alluded to some of it, but that results piece is key. Hopefully the video that I played at the start came through okay for you. You heard from some of our clients. I'm a big believer and we are, and it, it plays out in our clients' marketing that the best advocates for what you do are your clients. And hopefully you've seen some of those today. Just in case, and again, just so you can place us, here's a few more of the firms that we've worked with over the last four years. If you know these logos, you know, our industry is quite small. If you know some of these firms, feel free to drop them a message. Feel free to, to get in touch, see what they thought of us. If these logos aren't familiar to you, will they span firms that range from you know, single-digit consultants all the way up to firms with hundreds of consultants? And whether you are a partner in, one of, in a firm like this or you're a marketing manager who is running marketing for a firm like this, we work with and can support you. We work with some where we directly work with that managing partner. We work with others where we work with their marketing teams. Now, 
That is everything you're going to hear on Create Engage. So hopefully you have placed us. Hopefully that gives you a bit more context into sort of what we do and, and why we have a perspective on this. Now let's get into the meat of today and really talk about what's changed. Let's talk about the framework and let, let's really go in for the rest of this hour into detail on that. So it's a big question. It was the question that we we obviously put out in terms of the promotion for this. And it's probably something you're wondering as we go into 2023. You know, we're back out of COVID. People are going to sports again. You know, people are doing Christmas dinners. I, I live in Bath and the Christmas market down here is back. If anyone is looking for a Christmas market or a trip, I'd highly recommend. But these things are back. So actually, does that mean our marketing strategy should go back to 2018, 2017, when we did a few blogs, we ran a couple of breakfasts, and that was marketing? And the answer to this question, has anything changed, is absolutely yes. And this is why it's really important to be thinking about your strategy for next year in the context of the world we live in. And, and let me dig into that a little bit because it sets the scene. So what actually has changed? The first thing is that the hybrid world we live in, you know, this flexible work from home, work from office, sometimes meet on Zoom, sometimes meet for coffee, this hybrid world is here to stay. And this is something that I think all of us, you know, be it us people running firms, consulting firms, people being marketers like myself, we're probably thinking, would this happen? Wouldn't it happen? But as we're all seeing, actually, the way our industry works hasn't changed from the COVID period. Yes, we can now go and see clients now and again. But we're not back in the office five days a week. None of the clients we work with are back in their client sites five days a week. Their clients aren't back five days a week. And so this means this hybrid world is still here. All of the channels that worked in COVID and channels that are working today are still there, still valuable, and need to be factored into that strategy. The extension to this is that your clients are now accustomed to this. You know, We all spent two years with COVID, sitting at our desks, watching webinars, listening to podcasts, reading LinkedIn posts. And that's still the case today. And because people got comfortable and understood that back then, they are now accustomed to it and want more of it today. And actually, that really does impact your marketing strategy because people are receptive to the tools that worked. And knowing that, you can now really build those in to your marketing. You know, I touched on our clients' webinar, for example. You know, today's session, we had just shy of 80 people sign up for it. We've got most of those on the call today. It's a great example of people becoming accustomed to a new platform. You know, if we had done this four or five years ago, no one would have turned up. I mean, three years ago, just before COVID, I was telling clients to avoid webinars like the plague, and that changed overnight and has continued to yield results for them. The obvious extension from this, and I say this you know, slightly tongue-in-cheek because we're helping them do it, is your competitors are already approaching marketing in this way. Your competitors are running webinars. They're running podcasts. They're putting out great ebooks, great thought leadership, great content. And in a crowded market, as all consulting spaces are, we'll talk about niche, but it doesn't matter what sector, what specialism you're in, there are competitors they are doing this. And your target clients are busy people. If they see a competitor who is running regular sessions, you know, we have clients who are running bi-monthly webinars. We have clients who are running monthly podcasts. If your competitor is doing that, that's where your client's eyeballs are going to go. Those eyeballs will lead to them reaching out to that competitor. And suddenly they're in the door before you. And that's a really important thing to think about. But finally, and I say this really for those at the, the more boutique end, but Ultimately, anyone who isn't in a big four, because I know on, on this webinar today, we've got people from all sizes of firms. We've got people from well, basically anything below the big four and down, You know, people from 10-man shops, 100-man shops, or woman shops, 1,000-person shops. 
And the really interesting thing here is that you can now compete with the biggest players in your industry. And I say this is targeted at the smaller end because I often speak to early stage consultancies. They might be two, five, 10 people, and they really want to do this, but they don't have a big budget. Equally, if you're in a 1,000, 2,000 person consultancy, often the firm has got there because the partners are great at selling. They're great at what they're doing. Your marketing budgets might not be that big, but actually you can compete with the biggest, the PWCs, the EYs, the KPMGs. You can compete with them through effective digital content. And this is the real game changer for 2023. You know, if you want an example, go and have a look at James O'Sullivan over at Project One. He started doing a video series. That simple. He runs his own videos. He just grabs his iPhone and he talks for four minutes, puts it out. That CEO level content that takes him no time at all and outpaces any of the big firms because he's not got the bureaucracy. And so for any of you here, either who's running marketing for your firm or, or running your own firm, you have that agility and that agility creates competitive advantage that lets you beat the likes of the PWCs, the EYs, et cetera. So hopefully that sets the scene and, and kind of makes clear why actually you really do need to be thinking differently about your strategy. Now let's actually look at how to develop that strategy. So this is where I'm going to spend the meat of today's session. And this framework we'll share after the webinar. It's available on our website. And you're welcome just to work through it yourselves. There's no expectation that you need us. And frankly, you don't. You can use this framework to build an effective marketing strategy for your firm, for your practice, for your specific campaign without us. So as I've said, this is where you want to start. It works for all types of consulting businesses. And we say professional services wider because... As I mentioned at the start, I guess the approaches that you want to be using, the type of clients that you're trying to reach and the type of business you are, they all come back to the same place. Obviously, it's a different service. There's different nuances, but this framework works for all. And we've seen it ourselves from clients we work with. I've already talked about this. And again, particularly for those of you on the call, I know some of you run consulting firms, some of you run marketing firms, but equally, some of you are in bigger organizations where you may run a, a practice or a marketing team in a practice, or maybe you're listening to this because you want to do just one campaign, you want to test marketing. Again, these are all things that this approach will let you do. So let's run through it. Now, I'm going to spend a bit of time on each of the sections. And this is, again, to help you think about how you frame your marketing. For ease, I'm going to talk about a consulting firm, but you can extrapolate this for your practice or for your campaign. So whenever we start work with a client or whenever we're talking about a campaign, this is the first thing we want to look at. What is it you want to be famous for? And, and I mentioned niche earlier. What is it about your consulting firm that's different or what can you own? And this is Marketing 101. If you look at, there's a great book, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. One of those 22 laws is you always want to be first. And this is a common challenge for consultants because often people, we've come out of the big four, we've come out of Accenture, and we think, well, I'm never going to be the biggest, the best. You know, sometimes we use leading as a kind of a bit of a, you know, a bit of a misnomer. But actually thinking about what is it you can really be the best at is what will start to open doors for your marketing. So I'll give you an example. IT project management is you know, one of the core areas of consulting, there are hundreds, probably thousands of IT consultancies out there in the world. And every day, a new one pops up saying, we're great at IT, we can help you manage change. And that's kind of it. And then actually how you translate that into marketing people struggle with. The reason for that is, unless you are the best at IT change, you really don't have much to add or much to say. So this is where getting niche is really important. Because 
if you can get clear on the area you can own, it doesn't stop you going out to other sectors. For instance, I say we are firmly a management consulting focused organization, but we work with lawyers, we work with executive search, but we're really clear on what we're best at. And so the same for yourselves. Let's say you are an IT consultancy. I would be saying, firstly, look at your P&L, look at the projects you're winning. Because very often when we speak to clients, there is an industry flavor almost instantaneously. And as we all know, people like to work with people who know what their what their industry pain points are, their issues. So you might open up your book of your PL and say, well, look, the last year or two, we've worked 80% in pharmaceuticals, we worked 80% in financial services, whatever that might be. Well, instantly you can be the financial services IT change experts, which already narrows you down, niches you in a really good way to being expert in that specific area. You're already beating 80% of the competition who are just generic IT experts. If you want to take that a step further, and, and I'd encourage you to, actually think about your projects. Because again, this is something that I always find quite illuminating when we speak to clients, is because they have been called an IT consultant at KPMG or EY, that, that's the badge they've taken. But actually, when you explore it, they might be really good at requirements gathering. Actually, that requirements phase of a big systems build or systems integration they and their firm are brilliant at. That's the what they do in every one of their clients, requirement gathering. Well, right there, you have a really valuable piece of the change approach. And I'm not going to lecture for anyone's benefit on waterfall, agile, et cetera, but you have a core role in an IT change project. There's lots of IT change projects in the world, and you don't need many clients to make a huge consulting firm. You know, Regardless whether your goal is to grow and, and exit, whether it's to scale and, and grow as big as you can, whatever your goal Actually, if you've got 10 clients all making you a million quid, that makes you a very big business. So 10 projects that need requirements is not that difficult to find in today's world. But by honing in, you are suddenly, again, we've gone being financial services, IT consultants, we're ahead of 80% of the industry. By being financial services, requirement gathering experts for complex IT change, we're probably ahead of 95% of our competition. And that gives you a really great starting point for your marketing strategy. And this becomes really important in a moment, because if we know that we want to be recognized as the experts in requirement gathering or this practice or this year, and it's worth saying this can change over time, suddenly we have a focus for our content. And that is really where this starting point is critical, because too often I see consulting firms and particularly smaller boutiques, but it happens in larger ones. There's just too much wide and not enough deep. And actually, the deep in the right areas is what will really give you that success. So that first point, what do you want to be famous for? Take this away. Ask your colleagues, ask your fellow partners, ask your clients, you know, what do they like about you? That will start to hone in on that point around what you want to be famous for. The next piece, and this was something that we talked about in the promotional material for this webinar, is actually who do you sell to? Who do you market to? And this is the second question and the second most important question on this framework, and one that too often I see people gloss over both to their business's detriment and their marketing detriment. And so it's an obvious question. Who do you sell to? Who, do you, who is your target market? And you'll see there's four boxes in, that, in, in this model. Now, too often people focus on the far left box and the bottom category within that, which for anyone who's following along, we'll see who are they and they'll see role. And this is something I hear time and time again, which is, okay, who do we sell to? Oh, I sell to CEOs or, or worse, I sell to CXOs. Who even knows what a CXO is? I've been in this industry for 10 plus years. No one's ever turned up and said, I'm a CXO. Now, 
don't worry. I know that that's just a catch-all for anyone with C in front of their name. But the reason I highlight that is this, from a marketing perspective, is, is just a bit lazy because unless you categorically do sell to a certain C-level role, and finance, for instance, is one of the obvious ones, and we have clients who specialize in finance, it makes sense there that the target is the CFO function. It is the CFO. But unless you have a clear buyer, actually, I would park the role and I would instead look at the demographics, the psychographics, look at who are they as people. And this is a really key point. comes back to what I said around, you only need 10 clients. And you may in your order book at the moment have five clients. I mean, I, I know some consulting firms have two or three. They just do very well out of them. And actually, the question to ask is, who are these people as people? Because consulting is a relationship business. You know, marketing is about getting you, supporting that relationship and getting you into new relationships. Marketing is never going to replace relationships. But you own those relationships. And people buy you and your team and your firm because of how you make them feel and how you do what you do. And the great thing about the world is everyone's different. Some people will love you. Some will hate you. I'm sure it's the same with me. Some of you right now are thinking, Nick, you're quite interesting. I quite like what you're saying. Some of you will be thinking, Nick, you're an idiot. And that's how the world works. You can't appeal to everyone. So you need to appeal to the people who are interested in you and, and like and, and then have the same perspective as you. So start by actually, like we did earlier with the niche, start by actually thinking, who are my five clients? Who are my 10 clients? Out of my clients, who's my favorite? Who's the one that has given me the most work? Who loves what we do? And start to think about who they are as people. Are they outgoing? Are they introverted? Are they all about their own career? Are they driven by their organization's success? Are they really technical? Are they actually really blue sky? And, you know, they love buzzwords, but they don't have a clue about the technical stuff they do. This starts to draw a really clear picture of who this person is. And I'll touch there as well to say, when you're building these target markets or target avatars, as we call them, you might have two, three. We've just done a, a piece with a client where they had five. That is fine. I would say any more than five or six, you, you probably need to think, can we combine these? And again, this works at a firm level when you're a smaller boutique where you've got multiple practices, you would want to do this process for each practice or even each offering within a practice. So if you're financial services and you have a financial services process improvement practice, they might have their own framework and avatars, whereas your financial services IT practice might have a different one. But working to the principle of four, two, three, four, five, six. Dig into who these people are, understand them and, and visualize. I always say to our clients, actually picture in your mind if that's how you do it or, or hear them in, you know, hear their voice. Like, who are they? And once you've done that, it's time to dig into their challenges and pain points. And again, this is something that as consultants, we're really bad at. And I know this when I was a consultant. We think, what do we want to sell? And then because we're quite bright, quite analytical, we convince ourselves that everyone wants to buy it. You know, I've got this fantastic water bottle. Everyone's going to want a water bottle. So I convince myself, I draw a great strategy, and then I fire loads of emails out. And if nobody bites, it's marketing's fault. If they do, it's my proposition is brilliant. And hopefully a few of you are smiling at that because we all know this happens. And so this is turning that on its head, which is saying, what does my client struggle with? What are their pain points? And these could be related to work. They could be related to, I don't know how to do this IT project. They could also be related to, I'm really worried about my own career. You know, if you're working, and again, we'll just stick with IT for now. If you're working in IT or working with a CIO, maybe they've got a really meaty IT project. Budgets are spiraling and they're genuinely worried. You know, they've got kids at school. They've got a big mortgage to pay that suddenly got bigger because of the interest rates. And they're thinking, bloody hell, if this project goes wrong, I'm going to get fired and I've lost my job. I've lost my income and stuff goes wrong from there. And you may be wondering, well, Nick, why does that matter? Well, actually, the really important nuance here is 
more often than not, people are driven away from pain than they are towards a benefit. It's the old people would rather buy paracetamol than they would buy vitamins. And this is critical to your marketing, is if you can understand what the pain points are for your target clients, and you can answer those in content, in webinars, in podcasts, you're going to draw them to you. Now, does that mean that no one wants positive? No one wants you know intrigue, interest? Absolutely not. You know, I run a podcast series. Many of our clients run podcast series, all about giving insights. How do you solve your challenges? You know, there's a positive angle to that, but you need to understand both and plan your marketing accordingly. Just to bring this to life, I guess for anyone who's thinking, well, Nick, how is a challenge different from a pain point? I always like to use the marathon as an example. And, and hands up, I've I've never run the marathon. If you have, I've, I've got huge respect for you because. I couldn't run that far. But I think the marathon is a great example because the challenge is running those 26 point, however many miles it is. You know, you're excited. You've got a big goal. It's scary, but you know you can achieve it. How you do that, that's the challenge. The pain point and the fear is, well, bloody hell, I've raised all this money for charity. I'm running X miles a week. What what if I blow out my knee? What if, you know, and, and I know sadly people who this happened to, you know, two, three weeks before the marathon, their knee goes and you ain't running 26 miles then. That's the pain point. That's the scary thing that keeps them up at night is, I love this training. I'm going to do it. But what if something goes wrong? What if I've got to give that money back? I've got to tell people I couldn't achieve it. Those are the pain points. And so bring that across to your clients. What are their challenges? What are their pain points? And then the buyer journey piece is really understanding where they are and also what could their objections be? And I think this is something that is really valuable. It's, It's basic sort of sales theory. But again, something we don't think about in boutique consulting so much, which is, your clients are speaking to lots of people. They're going to have perceptions of you, your business, your team. Like, How do we head those off at the past? So an obvious one, if you're a smaller boutique, is well, who are you? I've never heard of you. Have you done this elsewhere? Okay, if we know that's going to be the concern, have we got case studies that can prove, yes, we've done this at Big Bank X, we've done this at Big Pharma Company Y? You know, Having those ready ticks that off the marketing list. Likewise, you know, how do I know you're going to do a good job? Can I trust you? you know, my reputation's on the line. That's a common concern as well. Well, testimonials like the ones I shared at the start can be really helpful for that. And actually, there is nothing better than somebody seeing a peer, someone of their own level, seeing someone who is doing the same role, say a good thing about your business to give confidence. It's why things like TripAdvisor exist. It's just bringing it into our context. So it was, yes, as you probably guessed, quite deliberate that I shared a number of testimonials at the start of this webinar. Because it made, hopefully, you think, well, there's some people who look like me, who do the thing I do, who have used this Create Engage team. They, they must know a little bit about what they do. That's the power of thinking about where you are on that buyer journey. Once we've done that, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but messaging. How do you bring that all together? And this is then where you look at your website, you look at your content, you look at anywhere you're talking about your business. And you want to combine your USPs with your target market. And this gets really interesting because different target avatars may have different drivers. So, for instance, we work with a culture change organization. They specialize in the NHS. And they have a number of avatars, but two for now, for the for the sake of the explanation. They have executives who run trusts in the NHS. If you don't work in the NHS, that, that doesn't matter too much for this example. But in effect, somebody who is charged with performance, revenue, making sure that the books balance. And 
They also have HR professionals, L&D professionals, people who focus day in, day out on learning. How do we get our colleagues more training, development? How do we improve scores around engagement? Those two different groups. And where the messaging becomes key is actually you need messages that appeal to both groups. So we need some messages for the executive who's looking after numbers around how actually culture change can lower attrition, it can lower disputes, it can lower sick days, which all hit bottom line. On the other hand, we need messaging for the HR person that talks all about how uh, culture change can make your team feel more fulfilled, can make them feel more valued, can give them clear direction. All of these little things are really important. And this is a common mistake. And again, we're, we're running a second webinar in December. Where we'll talk more about some of these mistakes. But a common challenge that we see time and time again is consulting firms, they'll pick one set of messaging and they'll hammer that home at the expense of the other target clients. Or worse, they'll just have generic messaging. You know, how many times have we all seen, we help you do change? We operationalize and sensationalize dramatic something, something, you know, lots of three syllable words that don't mean a thing. And you may want to play this game because we're coming up to Christmas. So I'll leave this with you to decide for your own marketing or for your own firm is if you go to your website and within, say, the first half, you could swap a picture of a consultant for a picture of a builder's firm, a Portaloo company, a bin company, because builders help us make change. Portaloo companies help us get out of difficult situations. Bin companies help us transform and remove waste. If you could drop a picture of one of those onto your website and it wouldn't look out of place, you probably need to think about your messaging. And I say that slightly flippantly. It may not be as clear cut, but have a think about that for your own firm. And maybe ask some colleagues. You know, Also ask your clients. Do they know when they look at your website what you actually do and who you are. And does it talk to your niche? Does it talk to them? That's obviously just one channel, but that then talks through all of your content. So I didn't want to spend, as I said, too much time on messaging, but it's the combination of those avatars, those combination of those USPs bring to life the messaging. The next part, and and we're going to dive into this in a bit more detail in a moment, but actually planning your content. And and this, again, we can and we're going to do a whole webinar on. But thinking about the different channels you've got, thinking about actually is all of your content one-off? And this is a common problem we see for consulting firms. They write blogs and blogs are topical. You know, there's been a budget, we'll write a blog. There's been a new system out, we'll write a blog. There's been a new firm enter market, we'll write a blog. Really time-specific and therefore pieces that date very quickly. And I mentioned around pragmatic ROI focused earlier. One of the, the easiest ways to be ROI focused and generate more ROI from your marketing is to make it last longer. This is where, and you may not have heard the term before, so just in case, evergreen. We talk a lot about evergreen content. This is really important because actually for a boutique firm, you don't have a huge marketing budget. You need it to go a long way. This is where, for instance, an ebook, you know, something that outlines your methodology, your approach, your guide, that could last for years. This framework we have been using for years because the fundamentals do not change. It still works as well today as it did four years ago. Likewise, actually, you're going to run, for instance, a podcast. Podcasts are great. And ironically, while they may feel one-off because you're interviewing people, they're actually brilliant evergreen content. People will dip in and out of podcasts as long as they're form of the right format, You know, going back years because they've met someone and they're like, oh, I, I want to find out more about that person, that organization. I'm interested. You know, Advice, so for instance, my podcast is all about career advice and consulting. That's pretty timeless. You know, what was common advice to consultants climbing the ladder four years ago hasn't changed a whole lot. And that means the interviews I did four years ago are still timeless. They're still reusable. They're still generating 
ROI because people are listening to them. That's really important. Planning and creating then, this is something you'll need to take away and have a think about. But planning is key. If you're forever chasing your tail, thinking about how do I get the next LinkedIn post out tomorrow, which consultant's going to do a blog, none of this strategy is going to matter. You could have the greatest USP, the greatest insight into your avatars. But if you haven't got a clear campaign approach, a clear campaign strategy, you're, you're not going to have effective marketing. And this holds true as well. And I'm sure some of you have this in your firms or have experienced it. If planning content is based on bonus rounds, because we all know, and we've all seen it, you know, every quarter, every six months, suddenly an influx of blogs come because the team think, well, great, this is my my internal initiative ticks. So they write a blog on some random thing they did and, and everyone claps because it's marketing. This is one of the number one reasons marketing does not deliver results because it's not joined up. There hasn't been a shaping phase. It's all at random. And so really think about that for your firm. Creating content, I won't dwell on who creates it, how. That's a conversation about you, your team, an agency like us. There's lots of avenues. And we'll go into the details about actually what to do within it in our next webinar. But I want to come on to, and this is, again, just for those of you who may not have sort of come from a marketing background, a really simple overview of a buyer's journey, just to bring this to life. Because I think marketing often gets a bad reputation or people say marketing doesn't work. We've tried X. It doesn't doesn't do what we want. And, and often that is because it is not helping people all the way along the buyer journey or the funnel. Now, it's worth saying this is going to be a whistle-stop tour of this funnel. It's also worth highlighting that this is not assuming marketing takes away from the relationship. Marketing's goal is to create new connections that lead to relationships and support relationships. And those relationships could be ongoing sales processes. They could just be keeping you front of mind of people who may want to work with you in 6, 12, 24 months, or re-engaging people. And I won't spend too long on that, but for those of you who have run your firms for a, a reasonable amount of time, or may have been in the industry a reasonable amount of time, this is often the, the biggest source of untapped potential leads in business. People who you worked with 10 years ago and you've forgotten. And we've seen this time and time again with our clients where their black book is so big, you know, they haven't been able to go through all of the pages. And suddenly marketing gets someone who they worked with 10, 15 years ago to go, oh, I remember you. Let's have a chat. And so this really simplified again. So for anyone here, um, particularly the marketers on the call, please don't bombard me with questions about exactly the channels, exactly sort of the leveling. This is very much just to give you a kind of high level overview that explains common mistakes. As I say, we're running another webinar that will go into these. I'm very happy to take questions on this, it's worth saying. But if there's channels on here and you say, well, well what's going on? You know, we can talk about that in the Q&A. If there's things you're, you're interested in, again, Q&A. But this is deliberately overly simple. But the point to make here, we've done our strategy. We know who our target avatars are. We know the messaging that aligns to our USPs. We're planning our content. Is actually how do you build a strategy around different channels? Now, this isn't to say you have to do every channel on here to be successful. But it's to highlight why there are common mistakes, why certain marketing strategies don't always work. And so you'll see on the far left, LinkedIn, you'll see blogs. And for many consulting firms, that's their marketing strategy. We'll, we'll run some LinkedIn, we'll do a blog. And that is great if you're trying to build brand awareness. If you're new, either new to marketing, you're new to the industry, it's a great way to build brand awareness. But it will only ever do that. The idea, when I hear people say, oh, LinkedIn doesn't work, I've never had a lead from it. That isn't really its goal. LinkedIn is there as a megaphone to get in front of people. What you shout on that megaphone is up to you. And this is why when you jump to the other side of this uh, simple graphic, you see the solution to that. You see the answer. 
your webinars, your white papers, your ebooks, your podcasts. These are the channels that will help you nurture people through the whole funnel. They will take people and help them see, you know, for instance, if you're considering a firm, let's say your client's thinking of working with people and they, they really know they want to hire you, but someone else in a different department has to make the decision. A webinar is a great way to say, well, look, Joe, look, Jane, why don't you just go and see what this team's all about? They're running a webinar. It's a brilliant way to bring people on that journey. Likewise, running a webinar just for one client. We've done that with some of our clients before where they've said, well, we're, we're talking to this buyer. They're really hot. They're really keen to move forward. Their issue is X. Okay, we'll run a webinar on that. And then it's almost a webinar for one, but you get all of the other benefit in terms of other signups. White papers or eBooks, again, the same. People want to see depth. Your clients want to know that you can do this. And a, a subtle point here, and something I, I say to every one of our clients, and I say to you as well, is you want to be giving away IP. If you're not giving away more IP than you feel comfortable with, you're probably not giving away enough. And this is a really important piece because I see so many white papers, ebooks, blogs that say nothing. And at the end say, well, we're great at this. Talk to us. That's not how the world works anymore. When I said what's changed in 2023, that's one of the biggest things. Your clients are accustomed to high quality value adding content. If your content is not giving away value that is actionable, it's useless. And this is why, for instance, we share our framework. Why I'm saying here, you could take everything I've said today and do this yourself. And I want you to, if that's the right approach for you, because the people who aren't going to engage an agency like us weren't going to do it before. So I'm happy that you're taking our content. Anyone on here who's thinking of working with us, hopefully you're now thinking, well, they actually know a bit and they've shared this great stuff. Maybe I'll have a chat with them. That's the same for you and your clients. And then lastly, podcasts, I say this slightly biasedly as someone who runs their own podcast, but one of the best channels for getting in front of buyers in a non-salesy way. You know, your, your target clients are not idiots. They're astute. They've got to the level they are by knowing how the world works. When a consultant calls up and says, hi there, you know, Andy, hi there, Sandra, could we have a catch up? Or I want to tell you about something. What you're really saying is, can I sell to you for an hour for the price of a coffee? And that doesn't always work. Uh, or at least it starts your, your client on the back foot. Whereas a podcast, for instance, is brilliant because it says, look, I want to interview you. You're going into a conversation to add value to them, give them a platform, and there's no expectation of a sale, but you build a relationship. I'd say, and just to bring this to life, you know, for us, about 40% of our clients have ended up coming from that exact approach. People who we've got to know, they've referred us or their firm has needed help. And it's the same for our clients. You know, it's opening doors for them. And to the point around competing with the biggest in your industry, it suddenly elevates you. you know, we have clients in financial modeling where they're getting CFOs on their podcast that realistically, if they called up and said, can we have a chat? The answer would be no. But because it's a podcast, because it's sharing insight, it's adding value. These people are saying yes. Does you know? Is everyone going to be a client? Is everyone going to want to work with you? I, I can't guarantee, but you instantly get in front of the right people and you raise your profile to prospective clients. The added value of if they see you are speaking to you know, the CFO of, of a big brand in your industry, suddenly it's like, well, hang on, this team must know what they're doing. We've had the same in public sector. You know, we've got a client who's, who's reasonably small in their industry They've had podcast interviews with CEOs of all sorts of councils, governmental groups, everyone they want to be talking to in that sector, they're, they're getting on their podcast. It's a brilliant way to get in front of people, but also raise your profile with others. Now, that 
as I said, is a whistle-stop tour. I promised at the start I wanted to leave time for questions. And if we could, I wanted to leave time to let you get back to your day, get through emails, you know, everything we know we need to do with busy consulting life. So I am going to quickly wrap up and then I'll go on to questions. So for anyone who's got questions, please start popping them in the chat just while I wrap up and then we'll dive into questions. So as a roundup, how to make your 2023 marketing strategy a success? Well, the first thing is start with digital. I've talked about a number of the digital channels you can use. It gives you the opportunity to outpace your competitors. It gives you the opportunity to use channels, test things, learn with things, and do so for pretty much little or no cost. The second point, and please take this as the, one of the biggest points from today, is if you are doing nothing, just start doing. The strategy approach that I just showed you and talked through to you in, what, about 30 minutes is something you can do in half a day, a day, as part of a workshop. You can do it on side of desk yourself. But the key thing is that will give you the clarity you need to get moving. And then just get moving. Don't worry about sweating over what time to post, what to post, how long a post should be. Start creating content. Start testing and learning. You know, January's coming. Could you run a webinar like this in January? There's my challenge to you. You've got, you've got a Zoom account. You've got some IP. Why not run a webinar in January? Building on that point, test, learn. Some things are going to work really well for your firm. And some of that is what your clients respond to. Some of that is what you like to do. So I quite like to present on webinars. I quite like to do podcasts. I can write, but I don't get that excited about writing. Other people are the opposite. They love writing. They love putting together insights. They couldn't think of anything worse than doing a session like this. So test what works for you. Test what works for your team. Test what works for your clients. And just keep building. And then the last part is reuse that content, repurpose that content. Thought leadership is the biggest misnomer in our industry because what your clients value is good thought. And so if you can create good thought and reuse it, repurpose it, take a white paper, turn that into LinkedIn posts, turn it into a podcast, read it out loud, talk to a guest about it. If you've got a podcast, can you turn your interviews into clips? Can you turn your interviews into blogs? Can you turn them into transcripts? You know, you will see this webinar probably as a podcast. You will see it as some LinkedIn posts. You'll probably see it over email. When I've previously run webinars and we've previously run webinars, we've turned them into eBooks. These are all examples of how you can use these channels that are low cost and massively increase the ROI. As I said, we're going to be doing another webinar on content shortly. So watch this space. And with that all said, we will move to questions. Right. So First one, how do you reconcile the different skills of consultants within consulting, the positioning and marketing of the consultancy? So really good question this. And I'm going to infer this is a larger firm. I won't, won't name the person just in case they don't want to be. But this, I think, talks to two parts. So if you are a broader firm and you have sort of two or three sub, you know, two or three verticals or horizontals within that, how do those go to market? And so... I think there is firstly, what is that top level USP? And actually, as you get bigger, certain things become easier in terms of using size as a USP. So you could be the biggest in something if you're 100 consultants all doing it. Equally, you can think about how the different practice areas within that start to sort of combine. So let's say I talked about IT consulting. It's not an area I was I was an expert in when I was consulting, but let, let's play with it. And to the person who asked the question, if I've misunderstood it, please jump in the questions and let me know. 
But let's say you've got a team of experts at PMO, you've got a team of experts at requirement gathering, you've got a team of experts at just getting programs back on track. Can you put a spin around that? So you know, the example that they use in the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing is actually about the first woman to fly over the Atlantic. I think she was actually the fifth person to do it, but people remember her name because she was the first woman. And so actually there you can see combining being a woman with flying over the Atlantic is what has made her unique. In this case, could you say, actually, by combining these elements of our IT consulting, we are able to deliver a program quicker, cheaper, better, you know, bringing together those elements that make you unique will appeal to a specific uh, type of buyer. Now, you might be sitting there saying, well, Nick, actually, no, there's, there's nothing similar about these strands of our business. Then I would be starting to say, well, how do we lead with those three sectors? So looking at that planning phase, and actually, can we build campaigns around each of these three elements? And you'd want to do that even if there was a unifying theme on top. So you might have a campaign for, for you know, H1 or quarter one that is all about consulting practice X. And you do the strategy for it, you build that out, and you'll drive content to it. You'll then have one for consulting sector two and consulting sector three. Now, that's not to say you'll stop talking about any of them throughout the year, but you just know when those spikes are. And as I say, usually I'd be very surprised, and obviously I don't know the, the specific firm in question, but if there wasn't a unifying theme or message that could be created at the top, that brings these together. For instance, when when I've done uh, webinar series and, and marketing with other businesses, the conversation is actually what can we bring together to create something that's greater than the sum of our parts, and that is the key thing that I'd recommend there. Into a few other questions, so I'll cover off some quick ones. This was very helpful. Can I share the link to the next webinar? Absolutely, I will share that. If it doesn't come out straight after this, it will be in your inbox within the next five days. You just need to send the email out. So you'll have that. December the 14th is the next one. And then what are the names of top three podcast series run by consultants for C-level clients and what makes them good? Really good question. There's also one on email marketing, which I'm going to come back to. I would actually challenge that question a bit and say there are not a top three because there is not a industry called consulting podcast for their clients. There are clients who are focused on financial services, focused on public sector, focused on process improvement. And it's about finding those and building off those. I can share links, for instance, off today's webinar. So we work with a firm called Numeritas. They're a great podcast called The Forward Thinking CFO. I think it's a brilliant example of how a boutique firm can punch well above their weight in the CFO space. Mutual Ventures, a client of ours, run Radical Reformers, brilliant public sector podcast, the one I alluded to. We've also got a client called JBM, all focused on tech. And what makes them good, because that was the other part of the question, is the content is interesting for the people in the industry. And that is the number one secret to podcast success or marketing success is it is not about you. It is not about what you want to hear. It's what your, your target avatars, your target clients want to hear. So if you work in finance and you know that CFOs or other finance professionals want to hear from the leading CFOs in their industry, that's the focus for the podcast. All finance, zero you. We don't want to talk about your model, your approach, your change, you know, your case study. You are just the vehicle. You're the catalyst. You're the sponsor. That is what gets you in the room with those guests, but also raises your awareness, raises people's awareness of you and raises your perception among them because they say, oh, wow. You know, if you're knowing all of these people, you must have something to say on this. We should have a chat. And, and it, time and time again, we have seen that with our clients and with us. Next then, so email marketing, you are right. Apologies, I didn't mention it. It is on the, the slide I showed just before. 
Email is a fantastic channel. And actually, I think 80%, give or take, of the attendees in today's webinar came from email. We have a strong email list. We use it. And the key to success is great content to the right people. And it, again, this comes back to value, is we tell clients all the time to run newsletters, to post things to their uh, email list, you know, their podcasts, their webinars. And very often I'll speak to prospective clients and say, well, we do a newsletter, it doesn't do anything. We've tried something, it doesn't work. And when you actually dig into those newsletters, those newsletters give no value. They are you know, inward-looking celebrations of the consulting firm. The amount of times I've seen a newsletter, which goes out every month, where a consulting firm just says, we are great, aren't we, is shocking. And that is where email marketing has got a bad reputation. If you turn that on its head and say, how can we give value to our prospective clients? Email is one of the best tools out there. It still is, because you are directly getting in the inboxes of the people you want to work with. And so that's where, for instance, let's say this webinar, that has gone out to a targeted email list of consultants. Likewise, our, our monthly newsletter, we just give value. We share marketing insights. Most of you will know because you're on our email list. Every month we share, or every week, we share three articles that are interesting to us, to our clients, and to you in marketing. And it's phenomenally successful. It draws people to us. It also, and this is the real secret with email, it gives you analytics. So one of the biggest challenges with marketing in our space is actually getting those analytics, understanding who is warm, who actually might be worth you reaching out to because you're busy. Email is brilliant for that. If I know that someone on this list has read our email four weeks on the bounce, they are probably worth me reaching out to. Or better still, and, and I, uh, it's not really one to go into here, but if you've got a good CRM, which tracks web visits as well like ours does, I know if someone has clicked on our email and then they've gone to our website. I then know what web pages they've gone to. And you know, we've had examples where I look on Monday and I can see so-and-so has read three newsletters and clicked on four pages. And on Tuesday, they've emailed us for a conversation. They don't all happen that quickly and they don't all convert like that. But that is the power of email. So yes, to that question, email is massive. Email like LinkedIn is a vehicle. And so you really have to think about how you use that vehicle. And finally, what, um, and by the way, keep these coming. I'm very happy to stay, you know, for the whole time, as long as people want. So thank you for this. So helpful. What would you say are the top three things you've done that have had the most impact for your marketing strategy? I like the idea of setting us a challenge to run a webinar, by the way. Great idea. So firstly, thank you. I do hope you do the challenge. Please, if you do run a webinar, just send me a, an email or a LinkedIn, because I'd love to see it. I'd love to support it. It's a great question. And I'll try to answer it for... I'll answer it for us and I'll answer it for clients. And, and they kind of do blur because we, we use the same approaches ourselves. So I think the biggest thing for every client we've ever worked with is actually what I've just given you, which is strategy clarity. So often marketing fails because people start at the end. They start with, I want to post more on LinkedIn or I want to do a podcast, a webinar without starting right back at why, who, what, those key questions. That's the biggest thing. I think then if we want to get really tactical into channels, right now, the thing that has had the biggest impact for every one of our clients is webinars. Now, does it work as well in every industry? No. You know, some clients, 15, 20 people is a successful webinar. For other clients, 150 people is a successful webinar. It's all relative. This is why when people say, well, Nick, what's the benchmark? It's a benchmark against yourself. There, there is not an industry benchmark in that respect that you need to pay attention to. But webinars are great. And for those of you here, either running a marketing function, struggling to get buy-in or budget from your team, or maybe you're running a firm or you're in a partnership and you, know, you want to do more marketing and others aren't really taking it seriously, webinars are a really great way to demonstrate tangible lead generation because 
you've got people signed up, you've got names, you've got roles, and suddenly people go, wow, if I put this out into the world, buyers from organizations are going to sign up and going to, to come. That's the second. I think then the third is actually, so podcasts, I'd, I'd say without a doubt, but I want to give you another one. So maybe the fourth is actually thinking about your content and the journey people go on. And this is a common mistake. I've talked about content in white papers. And I know a lot of consultants, a lot of you probably here scratching your head saying, Nick, I've done to white papers. They're all on our website. No one ever bloody calls me. And again, nine times out of 10, we find that's because it's not technically set up right. So what I mean by that is you've got a great white paper. You give it away for free. So someone can click on your website, read your white paper, and off they go. Part of marketing, part of sales is outreach. And marketing informs outreach. So what I mean by that is, to this question, one of the best things you can do if you've got a white paper, if you haven't created one, but if you do, put a download gate. Put something that says, you have to give me your email and your name to get this. That is the the biggest thing that will help you. So those three, I've kind of got four because I've logged podcasting, but I hope that answers them. And then best ways to build an email list, assuming we have to get permission to add them, currently working on a new website. So having a subscriber option on there isn't helpful currently. Well, to this person, you've, you've answered the first part of my question, which is make it easy for people to sign up. You're building your new website, so put a website sign up, put a subscriber sign up on there. This is then where I'm going to put a big caveat and say, I'm not a lawyer. If you are considering putting an email list together, please take independent advice on GDPR if you would like it. I'm about to give you my view. This is for information purposes only. Please don't take this as legal advice or anything around that. Now, with all of that caveat given, quite simply, GDPR for B2B is about legitimate interests. So if it's on the B2C side, you need explicit consent, you need opt-in. It's a very high bar and you don't want to get it wrong. For B2B, you need legitimate interest, which means I legitimately think you may be interested in what I do. So in this case, I as a marketing agency for consulting firms legitimately think you may be interested as a consulting firm in hearing what we have to say. You then have to give them the option to opt out. So with that said, it's it's then about start with what you've got. And it always amazes me when we speak to consulting firms, how they've actually got quite a lot of emails. You know, if you've got 10 people in your firm and each person's got 10 contacts, you've got a hundred person list, start there. Likewise, if you're running webinars, add everyone from your webinar. Add everyone from your, we talked about website before, but from your downloads. If you do go to events, you know, if you meet someone for coffee, add them to your list. That's the starting point. You know, there's ways to sort of, there's ways to get other emails or different approaches. But as a starting point, just do that. And you'll be shocked when you actually look through your Outlook inbox. And we had a client do this. You know, they basically just exported everyone they'd ever emailed in Outlook. And we were into the thousands before too long because we all do. You know, so think about everyone you've emailed, think about your contacts, start there, and then it will grow. It will take time. You know, marketing is like anything else. It takes time, but it will grow. That, I hope, answers the question. We're pretty close to time. I'm seeing questions of dried up. So for anyone else, final call for questions. If there's one last question, I've probably got two minutes for it. Otherwise, we can wrap up a second, see people dipping off. The person who's raised their hand, please write it as a question. I can only see questions. And to the person who's just said that, who is our favorite client, of course, the answer is you. And with that, I think we will draw a close to the webinar. So thank you, everyone. I hope this has been useful. If you've got any questions, please just drop me an email afterwards. It's nick at createengage.co.uk. We'll follow up with the recording for this. We'll follow up with the link to the link to the next webinar. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Climbing Consulting. If you have any guest recommendations, comments, ideas, thoughts on how I can make this show better for you, just drop me an email. It's nick at createengage.co.uk and I really look forward to hearing from you.